0: if you've got your partner and you're not giving them the time of the day but you're expecting them to show up for you, how do you think that marriage would end up? Hello and welcome back to this Rose the Show episode. Every other Monday, we invite a business owner, coach, or professional onto the podcast to get a free podcast audit and roast where we deep dive into their current marketing, highlight areas that are holding them back from faster growth and monetization, provide them and you actionable steps you can start applying today to experience faster podcast growth. So sit back, grab your popcorn and get ready as we roast this show. In this episode, you will discover effective techniques to increase your podcast appeal to help you reach your ideal listeners, strategies for creating content that resonates with your listeners, keeping them coming back for more, and finally, branding and marketing tips to make your podcast stand out in a crowded market. With that being said, let's dive into the episode. My name is Anthony Winnery. I'm Ty Goshe. And today we've got Tim with us.
1: So, Tim, how are you, man? I'm doing good. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. My name is Tim Stevenson, host of the podcast Science 360. And you are here to get your
0: show roasted. And that's the kind of the 18 plus version, right? That we like to say we could potentially go over with the guest we have on saying, give them an option. Do they want a PG version or do they want the 18 plus? I think for Tim, we can give you the 18 plus version, right? Oh, boy. I'm <laughs>
1: hanging on. I got my seatbelt on.
0: Okay. Uh, awesome. Sweet. For a bit of context before we dive straight in, I'd love to know, in terms of the podcast Science360, how long has the show been live for? And I guess, what motivates you to start
1: the podcast in the first place? It's been on since March of 2020, and it was designed for for science teachers, particularly anybody in education who is looking for something new and exciting to bring to their classes, some up-to-date content. I often hear about teachers who don't understand a particular field. They never studied it. So I'm bringing them material that they could use in their classes. That's what I'm hoping is the students will enjoy it. I don't know about Utah, but that's a quite, quite a niche. So your target audience is specifically
0: teachers themselves. So science teachers. Science teachers. And you said
2: yeah. K-12, right? So that's basically up to the age of 18 or so, It's in the students would be.
1: I would say K-12 through for sure. This is always the number one dilemma is How do i bring something new and fresh and exciting and give my students something meaningful and uh, i've tried to bring on guests or just myself to try and do that
0: and i guess like how has the podcast been going so far in terms of growth wise whether you know where the market is here that's what we like to focus on in terms of growth and get you to the point where the show is growing so i guess for you what's the growth been like so far with the podcast
1: well to be honest the growth has been modest at best Mm. it's been a hard uptake i'm not a marketer Personally, I've grown enormously. I've benefited Mm. enormously from the guests I've had on, which I think goes to show that if anybody were to listen, they also would grow in their professional practice, because I certainly have, but I've got a a small, loyal listener following, but I'm certainly not breaking the airwaves at this point. So what I'm
2: hearing, Tim, is the content is great and the people who have found it do really like it and you're really solving a real problem because from what I understand, and also what you said in the, in the form before we, we kind of hopped on this call there's a need for a bit of a shakeup to the way the education is done in a way that is is very engaging for the students. And the podcast is really providing that. Is it, would you say so? That's bang on. You just nailed the essence of my podcast right there. Awesome. Great. So look, in that case, then you have a small but loyal kind of listenership, like you said.
1: What do they like about it? And what, why don't you think more people know about it? I think what they like about it is the material is interesting and the content is valuable and the guests are, some of them, world-renowned qualifications. Why are we not getting more listeners? I think mainly it's a marketing thing, but I also think that the audience is a tough audience. Teachers Mm. will constantly say, I'm very busy, I haven't got time for that. I don't have time to listen to those sort of things. I'm busy marking papers. So there are somewhat of a busy, maybe somewhat cynical crowd. So what I'm hearing so far is the show itself, mainly the
0: marketing that needs to be worked on, that you feel like you're lagging behind on. And then of course the teachers who you're targeting or the target demographic have a tendency to be super busy always and all the time on
1: the move kind of thing, right? Yeah, surprisingly, yeah. In, in education, I I don't hear a lot of teachers talking about the podcasts that they listen to. And to me, it's the most brilliant way to get information and update your knowledge. So I'm not sure why there's not mm-hmm. a massive uptake among the education crowd. Interesting. And I'm curious, who would
0: you say has the leading podcast that helps other teachers? We've got other clients who actually have podcasts on teaching. There's some other big shows that you where is wear there any,
1: anyone that sticks out in your mind oh yeah for sure in fact they've all been curated there's a wonderful organization in the u.s called teach better the teach better team and they've put together on their website teachbetter.com they put on their website it's got to be 25 or 30 different podcasts for teachers i think mine's the only one that addresses science specifically most of them are teaching in general, pedagogy, how do I get through my day, those sort of things. Whereas mine's specifically about a content area. Teach Better has put them all together. There's lots of them there. They're all very good. They're all people like me doing the same sort of thing. That's uh, really good. And I actually think that's an advantage that you have, right? Because you're in, we
2: know there are teachers listening to this podcast. And honestly, even though a lot of the time people might feel like they're too busy or whatever podcast is growing massively. I just see it as you've reserved your seat in a thing that people are coming around to a lot. There's a market for teachers. It's a growing market, that kind of thing. But obviously people, they might not have the time. You provide a different perspective, which is really good. I wanted to ask, and, and like Anthony said, I think we can definitely focus most on the marketing. There's definitely some things we can clean up. One of the first things I noticed about your show is that your episodes are usually... Oh no, that's the wrong one. I said that's the wrong one because there's two podcasts of the same name, but one was like the one that oh. you stopped doing in 2022. Is that right?
1: Yeah, that was a disaster. I was looking at switching my podcasting platform. I made a switch and then I went back to the original podcasting platform. And for some reason, Apple won't update that. And so there's an there's a Science 360 with 57 episodes and then there's one with 89 and they won't drop the one with 57. So it is confusing and I think it messes me up a little bit. I don't know what to do about that. I've tried to get into Apple Connect or whatever then, and it's, it just sits there. Literally like a, another
0: episode of Apple being an absolute pain. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I know what Tig's coming at here. So we've got the issue of you know, the two shows. Can't really figure that out. I think that's going to be more of a technical back and forth with Apple. So with that, I wish you all the best. I think. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, see how that goes, <laughs> but Tug, I think you're going to bring up something that I think is uh, quite important because Tim, you've mentioned how your podcast. Right now, you feel like when it comes to the audience that the excuse they give is, hey, I'm just way too busy. I haven't got the time. So the podcast might not feel as attractive to them. So I guess that leads us to the next point, right, Tig? Yeah.
2: So I'm going to say what I'm going to say and you tell me if it's what you're thinking too. Tim, now that I'm looking at the correct podcast, I'm actually just going to close the other one. The episodes are usually over an hour, right? And sometimes even an hour 20. It seems like you're uploading them I can't tell if it's a little sporadic, or if it's just about once every two weeks.
1: Say every couple of
2: weeks. Okay, yeah. You know what? On listen notes here, it says every twenty days on average, so two to three weeks. But essentially, there's not. It's not weekly. It's not completely regimented in routine, and they're very long. So I guess for you, do you think that? Do you think that could be a factor in why it's hard for teachers to put that into the routine because it's long and not routinely?
1: Oh, absolutely. It's a possibility. The routine is a concern perhaps, but I get my guests as they come. I don't go hard after guests so that I have one lined up. I hear of some podcasters who have recorded five or six episodes in advance, and then they're just releasing them very regularly. I don't do that. I I get them when I get them. So that's partly me. That's partly just what I'm doing. As far as the length goes, I personally am a long-form podcast listener. I listen to a lot of podcasts that are an hour and a half, two hours long, and I enjoy them. I listen to them over days, not at one time, half an hour at a time on my commute. And and I get tons of information from those podcasts. So maybe I'm forcing my peg into somebody else's square hole. I don't know, but it's what I enjoy. And I get a lot from, and I try to convince other people that they could too, if they just take the time to listen to mine, even if it was in chunks.
0: Okay, got it. That that makes sense. And I guess to clarify, Tim, are we in agreement that if the podcast cadence was, although I could completely understand now, of course, right now, because the way the show is set up, where you're not really going after guests necessarily, the first thing I'll say is, why not? That's a different conversation. The next thing would be, if that is the case, if let's say you're too busy and finding that cadence isn't quite there, but let's say you were to be able to have a consistent cadence, whether that's twice a week, weekly, whatever, are we in agreement that would help in terms of growth wise? Could we agree on that or? Absolutely. Yeah, we could agree on that. Okay. So I guess the question now becomes, is there any particular reason why you don't go after guests, by the way? I'm
1: just curious. I don't want to fall into my own trap. I was going to say... I'm kind of busy to go after guests. <laughs> I don't want to say that. The reality <laughs> is... Oh, no, I, I love it that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh boy, just took a dose of my own medicine there. But I, I definitely don't go after guests regularly because my routine is that I am a full-time teacher. And, but what is interesting is I get a lot of email requests. Very regularly, I'm sifting through a dozen different email requests for guests to come on and uh, which I find quite interesting that somehow they found me and are wanting to come on to my podcast. I don't accept all of them because some of them don't fit my theme. Which I love, I by the way, which delightful. I think
0: that's solid. Yeah, definitely. Respect that.
1: Yeah, I just have to be more deliberate about scheduling in more recordings. You know how it goes when you upload another episode, all of a sudden you, you sit up to the new releases in when the podcast platform sort of reshuffles and then boom, back up to the top again. So that would definitely be helpful for sure. Okay, got it. Sweet. I guess so now
0: we've established, look, you know, the audience you're going after, relatively busy, you've had a taste of own medicine with you being busy kind of yourself, which, you know, you're right, that is quite ironic. It happens. But look, I guess if we know that the cadence of being more consistent, because that's going to be huge, that's going to be one of the, honestly, one of the biggest factors that determines the growth of your show, of you gaining traction, of you building and garnering an audience that's dedicated to you, because... If you're not dedicated to your audience, Tim, showing up, whether that's once a week, twice a week, whatever cadence it is, the more the better from our perspective, right? But whatever whatever suits you. If you're able to dedicate your time to them, why would they dedicate their time to you? If you've got your missus and your you've got your partner and you're not giving them time of day and you're expecting them to just show up when you show up, how would that
1: marriage end up? Well, I mean, take a look at me. Come on. It'd be okay. Okay. Now I'm just... <laughs> I love that. That's nice, I love that. That's nice. I, I know what you mean. The reality is, there's some long form podcasts that definitely go. Jordan Harbinger will put out one episode every single Friday. Rich Roll does it as well. But there's others that are quite random. Neil deGrasse Tyson puts out a science podcast. I don't see any cadence at all in his. But of course, he's got his name and he's got a big following automatically. So I guess he can do whatever he wants. But in my case, yeah, for sure. If, if I. But the question is, is there a particular day? Should it be out every Monday? Should it be out every Thursday? What's the day that these, this cadence should fall? That would be a question I would have.
2: Yeah. A couple of things there. First, I think you, you acknowledged a great point, right? Often it's, oh, but this podcast does it Friday, so it can work, but you're right. That guy has a following, right? So there's such a clear difference in how he can operate and how we can operate when we don't have that audience yet. And Anthony's kind of already covered that. And then in terms of what day, honestly, the day it's a minor, right? You can experiment with different days statistically across all podcasts, like just the whole data set shows that weekdays apart from Fridays are the best time. And of course you you release it at like between 2 a.m. to 5 a.m. and it takes an hour to to register. All that kind of stuff, right? But that depends. It could be different from your audience. I would say that's a minor detail in the scheme of things which you can just experiment with. But the main principle here is listeners need to know when they're expecting your content, right? Because if they're busy, but it's in their routine then that's one thing. If they're busy, but it's they don't even know where to fit into the routine or they can't fit it into their routine, then it's a lost cause. Then them actually become a regular listener. So that's what I'd encourage you to think about. One thing you can do as well, because again, we're not here to say manage your time better as a science teacher or anything. You're definitely crazy busy with getting those guests booked. Have you considered halving the episodes and splitting them into parts in order to have a more regular output?
1: No, I haven't. But that's actually a brilliant idea. And you know what? You don't
2: take it from me after this call check your retention time you're familiar w- with what that is right i'm familiar with that is yeah i am what i would say is have a look at your retention time see with where on average people are dropping off and if you find that across trends of episodes you might get one where the guests just happened to be dull or this or that but mm-hmm. look at a few spot the trends, and if you find that people are dropping off at the 40 minute mark then that tells you your answer right if you find that people are dropping off on average at the 20-minute mark, then that tells you your answer. So it's one thing me saying, to split your episodes up, but you can actually get a lot more specific on that and really find where your audience... What's that sweet spot for them? Because they do think, again, like you acknowledge yourself. By the way, you're a gem that you listen to long form and you listen to it days over days and you'll finish something, right? But actually, most people that don't think are that way. And there's a difference in how they perceive it if they have an hour-long episode and they have to stop halfway... And it's like, I'll have to come back to that. Or if it's a half an hour episode and they stop and they're left wanting more, the way they perceive that is so much greater as well. So there's also
1: something to think about. Even Even though it's the exact same content, just split up in a different way. One time I had a guest on who was a Mars astronaut candidate and I ended up splitting it into two parts and the two parts have very different themes. So I have done it once, but I haven't come back to that as an idea. And I think it's actually a really good one. And many times there's a natural break where you can easily see where, okay, that was the end of part one. In four days, we'll release part two. Uh, Good
0: thinking, Tide. Again, it's one of those things like, imagine you're at a cinema and you're there. We've all been there. We watched a boring movie. You're like two hours. You're like, when the hell's the movie going to end? This is drawn out. What the hell? This is super boring. What's going on? But you've had some movies where like it's had you at the edge of the scene, at the edge of your scene. You get like excited about what's going to happen next, itching, trying to see, okay, what's going to happen next, what's going to happen next. And then when it stops and leaves at a cliffhanger, you're like, holy crap, that was so good, I want more. And this works well Mm -hmm. even when someone's binging your content. Because again, I actually saw a recent stat whilst I've done some research where it said something like, I think when a new listener discovers your show and they listen to an episode, they're 40% less likely to listen to the next one. And if they listen to the second one, they're still 40% likely to listen to the next one. But then after they've listened, consumed three episodes of your podcast content, they're now 70 to 80% likely to continue listening to your show over a longer period of time. Which shows you that importance of keeping their attention throughout the episode and keeping that cadence going, which is huge. That could literally be like you doubling your downloads, tripling your downloads just by this subtle switch that i mentioned about. The other thing I was going to encourage you to do as well, Tim, is, hey, explore just doing 10 minute short bite-sized episodes explore that see how you find it because if they are busy super busy how can you make sure it's again still consumable for them but very low lift for you to produce that's what i really mm-hmm. encourage you to explore as well but that's good in terms of the tags and i feel like that's a good place to tie the knot kind of move on to the next part which is a <laughs> a different aspect of the show that i think you'll you'll hopefully provide getting a bit of value in and start on but have got to take it over the next one mate
2: Alright, so Tim, so we've got Science 360. And for people listening right now that want to check out the show, of course, there's a link below. But if you are searching, make sure you use the most recent one, if you're an Apple. So we've got name of the show, Science 360. Tell us about that firstly, Tim. I don't fully get the 360 thing. Is it just for catchiness? Is there like a is there a meaning behind it?
1: The idea was that a circle is three hundred and sixty degrees. So it's science, but it's any aspect of science. I'm not limited to one piece of the pie i'll take any part of sciences that's the idea for the
2: 360. okay cool no that that makes sense i do like those uh this kind of catchy meanings to it what i would say though is the catchy meanings are great but without further contest it, it sometimes can not be used to the full effect something that's screaming out to me is the show is for k12 science teachers is there any reason that that's yeah, not in the title yeah. somewhere i
1: mean like in a byline or in a subtitle
2: yeah, sure. Be- <laughs> just anywhere.
1: <laughs> just anywhere they can a- see it. Any- a- anywhere is better
2: than nowhere at this point. <laughs>
1: anywhere total stranger <laughs> can look at it and go, no, oh, I- that's a show for me. No, I just prefer to be in cryptic and let people discover me in a mysterious way. And, and how's that been going, Tim? I've got my loyal listeners. Come on. No, I know what you mean. <laughs> but, what, but here's where the marketing comes in. I guess it would be helpful if I had a... Graphic designer, or some sort of, I don't know. I'd too, have to watch Two young
0: it, be British f- folks over the
1: phone with you, helping you market and order your shows. That would be helpful. <laughs> Do you know anybody? Yeah, no, that'd be exactly. But the thing <laughs> I'd have to brainstorm it's got to be short. You can't fill up the whole screen, right? Because you got a small tile. What you got to have something concise and impactful. So, yeah. So, you know what, Tim? The cover, we can get onto that in a sec because
2: I've definitely got my thoughts on the cover. But just on the actual show names, of course, it says Science360 and then below we see the cover. The actual show name, like you said, like a subtitle or something like that, would you be opposed? Even just like you can always improve it and there's better ways of saying things and you could probably elaborate on... There's a whole load of ways you can take that. At the moment, it's basically a blank canvas just in the realm of science, right? Which is good because there's so much room for improvement. But just the absolute bare minimum of change you could make, Science360, the K-12 science teacher podcast. Or something like this. Do you think this would scream out a bit more to the right people that this is the show they've been waiting for? That none other exists, by the way. So again, it's really good.
1: It's a simple change, and it would probably be highly impactful. No doubt. I agree with you. Awesome. Yeah, I think that would be a no-brainer. You could
2: also, there's, again, like I said, there's plenty of ways you can take the subtitle, but I wouldn't want to overcomplicate it. If there's any other kind of key phrases or main things... Keywords that we want to go for and target. But again, that's a whole different kind of ballpark I think just right off the bat just saying who it's for will help a ton
0: what was the suggestion you
2: made so currently the show is called science 360 what I would suggest is science 360 colon and then followed by Mm -hmm. the subtitle which would be the k-12 science teacher podcast or the podcast for k-12 science teachers however you want to word that yeah yeah (laughs) yeah I agree yeah
1: I'll work with that for sure
2: it's a good idea and then, of course you mentioned the cover right Anthony, take away, describe the cover um, to people listening
0: first. So for anyone who's listening right now, funnel along, we've got, of course, Science 360 pulled up. In terms of the cover itself, we have a grey background. We've got Tim looking to the stars as if he's looking at, not too sure where he's staring at, but he's staring somewhere. We've got the actual title name, Science 360, at the top with a grey background, it seems like. And then we have a subtitle that's on the kind of, on the left side, which says Transform Science Trans, transforms science classes with engaging content for captivating and relevant teaching. So that's what we have okay. in the subtitle. That's on the cover as well. Yeah. So that's not the actual
2: subtitle of the show. That's just almost like a informal subtitle that's on the cover, right? So again, you could even yeah. add that into the actual subtitle if you like. But again, we're past that. Anthony, what's the first thing you notice about this cover? Because there's, there's definitely a first thing I notice, but I don't think you actually really
0: explicitly said it. I guess it's it's gray like it looks like the gray is, is it we've got a gray background on, on gray background with black text no yeah. so like, black just, on Anthony,
2: just say it explicitly it's in black and white <laughs> it's not yeah, just yeah. like the colors are gray it's not just like that's the color choice the thing is black and whited out Tim's actual picture is not yeah. it's been it's in black and white There's right? No colour. Um, there is no color at all
1: <laughs> I actually did that on purpose but don't forget I'm a science teacher not a graphic designer yeah <laughs> No, for sure. And seriously, what what actually was your thought process behind that? I went and looked at a lot of popular podcasts to see what they were using. And I I saw one that was very similar to that with the sort of the grayed out, the black and white grayscale image. And I personally liked it. In a sense, color and flashy graphics are quite common. So I thought maybe mine would jump out as, oh, what's that one that's not flashy and color pop? Uh, Maybe it would make me a little bit different. Not that I thought that I would be getting listeners based on my artwork, but I actually did it on purpose because it hadn't been that. I just changed it about a month ago. For the first three years of my podcast, it was something completely different. So that was my thought process behind it. You know what? I definitely respect that. I think you've given it some thought.
2: You personally like it. I I personally am not a fan of the black and white, but that is just me. People could like it. I was saying what I would assume. I think... You're right. There is a lot of contrasting colors. And in that sense, it's an interesting experiment to try the opposite as a way of standing out. I think there's also times where people use things because they work and it might just be better to follow that format, but do it better. So I think you could use contrasting colors and and still make it stand out than the other shows with contrasting Mm -hmm. colors. And yeah, I get that there might be another big show that does that. So it's an interesting point of conversation. Personally, I would look at putting some colors on there completely redoing it and you can talk about that okay. but I think one thing that's very important is you mentioned the you're not expecting the artwork to actually attract new listeners yeah, yeah. I I would say so yeah I would disagree I said okay. cover art is actually very important in attracting new listeners but not in the way you might think right not because they think oh I like this cover art or this cover art looks bad so I won't listen I think that will be the case some of the time the biggest impact the cover art has is let's say people type in science podcasts, or science podcasts for teachers, or teaching pod, all these things that people would be typing looking for your content. Your show doesn't come up on its own, right? They would actually be looking at, what, 10 shows on the first page of search results, whether on Apple or Spotify. So it's about what grabs them first. So it actually doesn't matter what your show title is if your cover doesn't stand out on the page, because if your cover doesn't grab them, they're not even going to look at the show in the first place, right? Mm. So listeners won't decide whether they like or dislike your show based on your cover, but they will subconsciously consider it or not consider it, whether it stands out to them or not. So the, in that sense, the cover art is actually crucial
1: from an SEO perspective. That was a lot there. following me? What do you think? No, totally. hundred percent. And the thing that's crossing my mind is that I work in a high school where there are students who are very artistic and are taking marketing courses and graphic design courses Seems to me like this could be a good project for somebody to give me a half a dozen different samples to choose from. Now that is what I call doing
0: leverage work. Get to work do the work for us, baby. That's what we do. <laughs> I like it. I mean again you'll strap for time and if you can get them on a project like that would be super cool. Yeah, I definitely um, wouldn't do it yourself. I would definitely give
2: it to someone who likes and is experienced in graphic design.
0: I'm a brilliant
1: science teacher and
0: not an artist. <laughs> and that's that's part of it, right? Is for anyone else who's listening right now, of course you've got Tim it's, it's a situation where if you have a podcast, you know you're providing great value, but you can't market in the right way. These are the perspectives we like to encourage our clients to have, Tim. It's always about how can we be of service to our listeners? How can we catch their attention? Always thinking about it from the listener's perspective because, Tim, you know these things. It's not like we're sitting here telling you things that aren't making sense. You know them deep as, like, oh, that doesn't make sense. Oh, of course. Like if I was searching, this is the psychology that I go through. So, Again, if you're listening to this right now, don't feel like you're excluded from this. This goes for you as well. If you're listening, this is thinking always: what's the benefit for the listener? What's going to catch their eye? How can I attract them to my show? How can I position myself as something that's highly attractive and wildly valuable to them, where they can't say no to it? And having an amazing cover as a great starting point to grab their attention, having an amazing show title that has that's rich of keyword that tells and calls their name out is a great to grab their attention and of course having a podcast content that is packaged in a way where it's easily consumed for them or easily consumable for our listeners based on their behavior is massive for the perceived value of your show and is massive for building that momentum week after week month after month so i guess yeah. that leads us to, like to the final part that we want to kind of dive a deep, bit deeper into So, Tim, how many monthly downloads are you currently getting?
1: Not many. Um, Right now, uh, and more recently, around 120. Um, I'll just go back to that original problem I was describing from Apple. Before that Apple glitch, it was around 100 a week. And after that, I think people just stopped being able to find it, it. And it dropped significantly. So, I don't know what to do about that. But right now, about 120 a month.
0: When I speak to, I can clearly tell that you're passionate about the show, that you're something that you want to do and something that you're looking to really explore how you can grow it. But I'm just curious, what has that been like for you over the
1: last couple of months? Well, in a way, there's a level of frustration because some of the guests I've had on are highly impactful people. People who have such value to add to a science classroom. And my biggest concern is that science classrooms are steeped in tradition and lacking in imagination and creativity. But what I'm bringing is conversations that can ignite. And I have this overwhelming passion to see science education thrive and be a place where students are rushing in to see what I'm going to learn today. Let me give you some content. Let me allow you to listen to these incredible guests. I've got world-class people coming on, and they're getting listened to 50 or 60 times. It should be five or 600. It should be five or 6,000 because these people have value to add. So that's frustrating that there's not more people coming on and listening to it, but this seems to be the way it is right now.
0: No, I I feel you, man. I hear that. I think that's, yeah, of course, if you're making good content that you know is valuable, when you you get an amazing guest on, that is going to be a bit of a kick in the stomach. Okay, look, how can we get these numbers up on one day budget? So I totally feel that, man. And again, that's why, like, we like doing these little things or like auditing, giving you a different perspective. Our clients, what they always say is, a lot of these things are so obvious sometimes, right? But when it's just you on your own, it's very hard to like, sit down, think, strategize, especially when you haven't got a different perspective moving forward with a podcast. You want that number growing up, I want you to be at a thousand at the end of this year. There's no reason why I can't 10x your growth again and get be getting a thousand, thousand plus monthly downloads. If you just tweak a few things. And I think what me and Ty would love to do is give you kind of a recap of quick fire changes or direction in terms of things to look at, think about, and implement moving forward. I would love like to encourage you to do anyways and go from there. How does that sound, Ty? Should we go for it? Yeah, let's take it away. You ready, Tim? I'm a pen ready. That's uh, straight. All right.
2: Item one it's, it's the matching of your show format to your listeners' consuming habits, right? Currently, there's a big mismatch in the sense that we're targeting very busy teachers who are strapped for time. Um, So the last thing we want to do is have a show that's sporadic and very long for them to consume at once, right? So instead, what we'd encourage is looking at breaking up your episodes where possible to get more touch points. And let's say you only get one interview done a month. You can split it into maximum like three parts, right? Ideally two. You can then fill in the blanks with, like Anthony said, bite-sized solo episodes, which I know you might think that could take a lot of effort give it a go because they can really be five to 10 minute recaps on the interview you had, making it low hanging fruit for you in terms of content creation.
1: So that'd be one thing. I agree. By the way, I used to do a lot more solo efforts and uh, I quite enjoyed doing them. And I used to keep them around 15 to 20 minutes. So that's what you're mm. talking about. Oh, awesome. I love you're going to, you're going to be great. Then you're going to bring them back with a uh, very
2: quick momentum. So that's Absolutely. good. All right. Mm-hmm. All right. So item two, that's the targeting and the kind of format of the show sorted, right? So we've now aligned it to our listeners' consuming habits. You should see an increase just right from that, right? The fact that you're getting 100 plus downloads a month when you're not necessarily uploading once a month, twice a month or anything, there's so much room for potential just by actually getting that consistency in there. After you've done that, we move on to the actual marking of the show. How can we stand out? The goal of this is how can we stand out more on the page? Because there will be teachers searching for science podcasts or teaching podcasts or whatever that might be. But Looking at the cover art and looking at the name, I can say that your show would be the hidden gem that, that unfortunately they don't discover because the cover doesn't jump out on the page. Again, that that is subjective, but I would be convicted in that opinion. But more importantly, the title, they actually have no idea. It's the golden science teacher show that they're looking for because it doesn't tell them. So by fixing those two things, it's going to go from bottom of the pile on the page to top of the pile on the page for that person. So the okay. practical ways we can do that is by number one, adding a subtitle to clarify who the show is for and if necessary what it does I think it's implied by just four k12 science teachers you can play around with that but the bottom line is add further clarification in the subtitle and that's going to make the world of a difference secondly yeah I would look at revamping the cover art I'd get it professionally done I think it'd be interesting to test it out with whether the students doing graphic design like you mentioned as well right if that doesn't work out for whatever reason we always recommend 99designs they're amazing And the good thing is you get a bunch of selections, right? Because it's not like you just put all your eggs in one basket and go with one designer. It's like a contest on the site and all the best designers, freelance designers in the world really, they all submit different designs and then you just pick the best of the best.
0: And it's risk-free, like you get a money-back guarantee. And if you're listening right now, link in description, yes, is an affiliate link. You're welcome. Yeah. it's good trust me it's good it. we, uh, we got an affiliate link because we recommend it like every day basically way too much <laughs> oh, and yeah. best part money back guarantee no questions asked that's right. what we like okay exactly <laughs> you, you may as well
2: give a go so to be honest Tim, saying that i would just still do that anyway even if you get students to to give it a go on the side because you can always just get your money back it doesn't work out okay and then you know what tim we're going to throw in a bonus as well so we've got three things right we've got the format we've got the title we've got the cover up There's one more thing that screamed out to me before even looking at any of your episodes, which again, we listened to, we've been over that a bit. But just in the actual marketing of the podcast, I see your show description. I'm going to read it out for people listening. Welcome to Science 360, your go-to podcast for innovative science curriculum and the latest trends in education. Dive into dynamic discussions on current research, engaging content, and discover how to elevate your science classes. Join us for a journey into the future of science education, where relevance meets excitement in every episode. Tim, this may be a little bit insumptuous. Was this done with ChatGPT? You
0: know what, that smile, <laughs> that laugh. I mean, that tells everyone <laughs> who want to
2: know. That it little does. giggle there. You know what, Tim? We use ChatGPT a lot, so I think me and Anthony have a particular knack for uh, for smelling it. <laughs> where I, I'm not, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think ChatGPT the average PT listener would look like. at that and know it's ChatGPT at all. But there, it does look very eye-done. There's nothing I- inherently wrong with using AI to write the show description, by the way. In fact, there's definitely good ways you can do that. What I would say, though, is the current way it's worded and the current format it follows, it doesn't really actually tell us much. It's quite vague in what it says, like, dynamic discussions on current research, engaging content, relevance meets excitement. Like, it's just saying a lot but saying nothing at the same time. Again, I'm not criticizing you, I'm criticizing the AI, because it probably just hasn't had a structure to follow. We could spend a whole other session talking about how to revamp that. But you know what? There's actually much easier solution episode number 70 of this podcast me and anthony broke down the format that we follow which you probably even could get ai to use but it's so simple that i think you could smash it out yourself in 30 minutes tops so what i'd say the is title tag so for you tim and for anyone listening to revamp your show description very quickly it's episode 70 of this podcast why your podcast isn't growing how to write a podcast show description that turns more strangers into listeners so for you, Tim, I'd mm-hmm. recommend just checking that out and just following that process. It's very easy. We're happy
0: to have a look at it, of course, as well. But And by the way, you might be wondering, and if you're listening, you might be wondering as well, why the hell are you guys nerding out about the description? Come on, get please! <laughs> it's the number one thing people look at when considering a new show to listen to. That shocked me as well. It's pretty crazy, but that's literally the number one thing new listeners are looking at when considering a new podcast to listen to. So that's why we're nerding out about this. So and we give you, again, a clear framework that you can use to turn more strangers into listeners. So I guess with that being said, Tim, I would love to know two things. Number one, do you have just one more
1: quick fire question for us? We'll smash out of the pack and then I've got a follow up after that. Just on top of my mind is the show description because I hadn't used that particular show description until about a month ago. It was around the same time that I introduced my brilliant cover art I thought I'm going to get some suggestions from AI. So I did. And if the, but the first three years of my podcast, I didn't, I'd written it myself, but good point. I'm definitely going to give, I, I thought the same thing. I actually have that. It sounds kind of computer generated, but honestly, I didn't think it really mattered too much, uh, but yeah, now the, you're saying that dude, it actually does.
0: Yeah, dude, I had to do like a, a double take when I saw the I was like, hang on a minute, no way. But turns out, yeah, it's the number one thing people look at when considering a new podcast to listen to.
2: And with context, mm-hmm. again, number one new thing, the research is on thepodcaster.com. We're going back to what we said. That's when people are considering your show. To even get them yes. to consider it in the first place, you need to cover out, I guess, their attention, right? That's it. So that's a little side note on that.
0: And then the final okay. question, Tim. Right now, we have got people listening to the show. I think we've done a great job recapping where you are, where you're trying to go. And of course, giving you just clear guidelines. I would love to know from your end, What would you say to someone who's skeptical about getting their show roasted, of getting their podcast audited? What would you say to them?
1: Well, we're all walking around thinking that we want to be one thing when we're really not, and there's no question in business, in athletics, in fitness, in teaching, everywhere you go, people are hiring coaches and they make a difference. There's a reason why the successful people are successful. It's because they've hired a coach. And my whole family is into fitness. We, they, I have personal trainers everywhere I turn and they're all successful, but they, it's because they've hired people. So yeah, for sure. Get, people come on this show and let these two guys, shred your episodes and give you some good advice. I think it's good. Love that. You, you heard it not from us, but from Tim. Tim
0: dude, honestly, good this I, has been so much fun. It's been good having you on and I'm glad to see kind of the transformation of your show. You too.